The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, Lauren Deller-Blake and Catherine Zox on the Catherine Zox Show. I am your social worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. Well, I, I can't even answer the question because I don't, didn't have enough time to think about the answer to that question of how am I truthfully. I'm here. Yeah, you're here? That's not good enough. I want to know what's really happening Oh, well, you know that I was like the skin of my teeth to that. Well, not, I would have been here, but I would have had Sierra, my three-year-old, who's sick and crying and on my lap, was on my lap 30 seconds ago. Okay, so you're about to do a radio show. You've got the three-year-old on your lap because the nanny shows up 30 seconds before the airtime. Exactly. Which is very convenient, which really leaves you relaxed and ready to go and prepared. Exactly. Uh, you need to talk to who I spoke to yesterday. Let me hear. Who is it? Well, it's you're the one work balance, and I'm going to go right after you, my dear, because you, you can do work balance. It's easy, and, you know, you, you, I don't know if you ever say it's easy. Do you say it's easy? I don't ever say it's easy. It's, I do say you can't do it all. You Like, you have to give up something to, you know, you can't do it everything. Okay, work, balance, kids, how do you do it? Well, this. listen to this. This is, and I don't know if, I'm not sure this is, going to work, but they. this was uh, Working Mother Magazine. Do you know Working Mother I Magazine? I do. I definitely do. Okay. Working Mother Magazine and Flex Time Lawyers. Ever heard of Flex Time Lawyers? Flex Time Lawyers? Never flex. heard of it, but I F heard of Flex Time. Frigging L-E-X. Huh. Yeah, it's a consulting group, and what they do is, every year, this is the third year they've done this, this is an annual thing. They announced their annual best law firms for women, honoring companies committed to work life and women's issues. Uh huh. Okay. So they've elected or they've uh, announced the winners, 50 law firms across the United States. You can go to flextimelawyers.com, uh, awarding them, I don't, you know, the, giving them recognition for their policies as a law firm their work life and women friendly policies and this is highlighted in the August September issue of Working Mother. Interesting. So, you know what that means in terms of well, Flex Time they're a consulting company I guess for for women for lawyers. Uh But I think that makes a whole lot of sense actually. What do you what part of it I'm curious what part of it you think isn't going to work? Well, these women are working part time. Yeah. Uh, so these companies allow women to work part-time, yep. flexible hours. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it's, uh, like in reality, flexible hours, I guess, for a, a lawyer in a corporate, um, big corporate firm, most of them work 80 hours a week, so these gals are going to work 40 hours a week, uh, right. to re- you know, which is really a regular work week. I mean, I'm exaggerating to some extent, but... Um, 
what's family-friendly benefits and policies, uh, they allow them to work part-time. They still advance them. They don't get penalized because they're only working part-time or taking time off take care of the kids. You know, I think this is brilliant, actually. I think this is the way that women are actually going to advance. <laughs> I love the dead silence. <laughs> can they, is that true or can they really do it? Can you work for a high-powered law firm? I you're do taking think you part-time can. I off. absolutely The men are that. there working full-time. Uh, and are you going to get the same kind of advancement as women? I don't know. I'm just a so little bit skeptical about this. You do a lot of work at you know, you have your office at home, not completely because you're out, you do lectures and a lot of different kinds of things, but women are always at home and then they've got the whole child care, baby, household thing going on. How do you do that? Well, I, I love this conversation, and this is so funny. I was speaking up in Dallas at a NABO event yesterday, and this is exactly part of my presentation, that I think that we have to – there's a paradigm that we've believed that if you're going to advance and work, you have to work, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And without doing that, that doesn't mean you're putting your time in. And I actually think that's just a phenomenon that is not really true, that I think that we can grow businesses, that we can... Now, I do think it's different if you're competing with a man in a corporate world because that's going to... That's not comparing apples. It's not comparing apples to oranges. What I'm talking about is women that own their own businesses, that you don't have to think you have to work 80 hours a week in order to make your business a success. I agree with you. That's different, entrepreneurs. But this is a, yeah, we're comparing two different things because now we're talking about women working in corporate law firms. And the law firms, some of these law firms actually are like, are the top law firms in the United States. I mean, so they are going in that direction, which is a good thing. Uh, the person that I spoke to who was from Working Women, she also said that uh, they're allowing men flex time in the same way. So it's not going to be just for women. It's going to well, have like to be that. for That's both. Important. You can't just have women taking flex time and men not, because in that kind of a situation, they are going to advance, and I don't think the women are. Another thing I brought up, this is, I just want to read this to you. This is a quote. We are proud of our 2009 Best Law Firms for Women, because they understand that when the market improves, the war for talent will return, and they will be better positioned to recruit and retain the best and brightest. Big salaries and bonuses will no longer be the pivotal means for firms to draw the best talent, and culture and environment will become more important ways for firms to distinguish themselves. Interesting. You know, I do think that it's not going to be about hours anymore. It's going to be about getting the job done efficiently, and women are really good at that. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to say women are better than men. I don't really need to say it because I already said it. But um, the point is, is I do think that we can be laser-focused and just go in and get the job done and go home. I think women are excellent at that. And it's not going to be about how long did it take and how many hours can I build. It's, it's more around did we get the job done and did we get it done the way we intended to. All right, here's an example from working women. Uh, attorney at home can answer calls, clients can call, you can be anywhere, you can be anywhere in the world, you don't have to be in your in your great office or your little cubicle, we know that, right? Uh, yeah. But you have to be able to answer the call and you have to be like 
at your best. You can't, you know, you're, you can't be sitting there changing diapers. You have to, ha- you know, you may not have to be in the office, but you have to set up the situation at home so that it's user-friendly. And I, I think that, that maybe, and let's talk about that, because I think women don't do that, and you and I have discussed this on the show before. If you're going to be home, then you have to set up your home just like you set up your office. You're I in an office, you're at a law firm, you have a secretary, you have a legal, uh, paralegal, you have you support staff. You have to have the same thing in your house. You have to be able to delegate authority. You need a nanny. You need someone who's going to clean. You need and whatever it is to maintain you also need to your, train your family. That yeah, when your you're family in your office, and you're in your your office, office and it's not home. like time to bother you and ask you questions about the house. Yeah. So you have to be able to do that. And I think women sometimes don't do that. They don't. They'll see it at work. I mean, if their secretary doesn't show up or their legal paralegal doesn't show up, they're pissed. I mean, they need help. But at home, they sometimes are try. I think I see a lot of women in the forty to sixty age group trying to do it all at home and not have their support staff. Well, can't well. It doesn't work well because it does work well if you're if you've designed a structure to it so people know that your work time is your work time. It is very important to have that focus. I think I spoke to a woman the other day, businesswoman, CPA actually, and she was trying to establish her business in her house and it was in her dining room that was wide open to the rest of the house. It was not going to work, and she didn't establish any structure around it. So her kids were constantly in her space, and you know she can't talk on the phone privately. That's not going to work. Right, that's, and that's what I'm talking about, and that's the extreme. I mean, setting up your office on the dining room table. Can't do that. Yeah. So when we're talking about flex time and work balance and being able to work part-time at, a, at an office and then part-time at home, I think a lot of emphasis has to be placed on how you're going to set up your home as an office space because that makes that. a huge I think, difference. I think you just gave a, I mean, you can't do that. You cannot do that, whether you're an entrepreneur or answering calls from your corporate clients on your dining room table with the, the kids running around, uh, you know, wanting you to make them lunch. Exactly. And you so, can't charge accordingly. If you're, I mean, if you're going to charge decent dollars for it, and don't bother setting up if you're not going to, make the client have value in your life. So they have to have value. You have to um, value them in your life, and that means carving away the space for it, literally Work. and figuratively. Yeah. I want Working Mother. You can go to workingmother.com or flexitimelawyers.com. Get a lot more information on this, and especially women who are interested in articles on work-life balance, working. I mean, it applies to entrepreneurs, but also women who are working and want to work in major corporations because that's, that's a different arena. It is a different arena, but I'm loving the cutting edge. Um, I'm loving the cutting edge of thinking about how women can be incorporated into the workplace and not have to fit that old, I think it's old-fashioned, that old model. I think there's ways to make it work. I really do. The old model of meaning that you have to go to work nine to five exactly. and you have to be at the you have to be in the company actually, not virtually, but you have to physically be there in the brick-and-mortar building in order to accomplish what you need to accomplish? 20th century yeah, mentality. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not 21st century mentality, and I think that we're going to see lots and lots of shifts in this area. Yeah, and I think because kinds. men are also getting laid off and having to work part-time, that it's putting them in the same in the same position as women, which kind of levels the playing field because yep. they also are working part-time. But... I think men, traditionally, if they get laid off and work part-time at one job, then they tend to go out and look for another part-time job. So whatever they're doing, they're not staying at home, but they're out there working 
double time, and and whereas women will, if they're working part-time, end up staying at home and taking care of the children in the house. What exactly. do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that it's applying to women, too, because this is not just about women. It's so not about women. It's about people and thinking about how to do business so much more efficiently, whether it's working from home, whether it's working, you know, three day, three long days a week, whatever works. I think you have to plan it and be very flexible in the process. And I have to be honest with you, a decade ago, I, more than 15 years ago, when my staff said that they wanted to have this, I was like, I was totally against it, and I've come full circle on this topic. So what about single women? What about, how do they fit into the picture? Because single women, I don't know what the statistics are, Lauren, but single women have to, let's say they're working in corporate America, they're working as attorneys, and they have two kids, and they are single mothers. How do they fit into that picture? Well, I think that's an even more... There's, such a, there's a couple things. One is I think that they have just as much need to have flexibility, if not more, you know, because they're doing it by themselves. But I think that it's, there's lots of creative things to do with single parents to, so that you can function and bring in a decent income. I, don't, I think that we get so caught up in it's got to look a certain way, and it really gets us in trouble. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It does way. not no, have it to doesn't. look a certain but way. But I think we have to focus more of our energy on the process. How do you really do it? It's nice to say that we can do it, that women can work part-time, they can be corporate attorneys, they can be successful, they can have a successful business entrepreneur. But I think if, you know, whether business coach or social workers or, you know, people in uh, HR really have to help to really, I think, pinpoint, be very specific about how women can do this. Like, Absolutely. how do they do it? What's the process? Not just that we should be able to do it, but how do we how do, do go it? we got one I minute to go. Our guest to... coming up who's going to be talking to Lauren and me this morning, she's author of Soulmate, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. She's talking about being alone. God bless her. Uh. <laughs> Lauren Mackler is the author, so uh, alone and loving it. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone here on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. My co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake. Thanks for joining us this morning, and we don't want you to go away because we want you to join in if you want to in our conversation with our guest, Lauren Mackler, author of Soulmate. We'll be back in a minute. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I know it's real early in the morning on the West Coast, not so on the East Coast. But anyway, thanks for joining us. I'm Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with a microphone here on VoiceAmericaVariety.com with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, and now my guest, Lauren Mackler. So we have Lauren M. She's our guest, and Lauren B. is my co-host. Lauren Mackler is author of Soulmate, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. Lauren is, she's an innovator. We love innovators on the show. In Activating Human Potential is a renowned coach, keynote speaker, teacher, and popular radio and TV talk show guest. So she's got lots of credentials. She's also a fellow author of Speaking of Success with Jack Canfield, Stephen Covey, and Ken Blanchard. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Nice to have you on. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Okay, soulmate. I like the, well, alone... And loving it. I like that part. <laughs> soulmate, changes percep- soulmate changes perceptions about loneliness. Okay, talk to us about our book. What's the premise of the whole book, Soulmate? Okay, um, well, first of all, for the listeners, I, I think we should mention that it's S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E because people immediately you know, default to the other kind of soulmate, and we did a little play on words on the title purposefully. Um, the premise of the book is, is this. When we're born, we're very whole, integrated human beings. You know, we have access to all of our human emotions. We can express our innate personality traits. We have a very intact self-esteem. And, you know, we're very, we can, we can uh, get mad. We can get sad. We can get excited. There's just no inhibitions. We can just express who we really are. And then we come into this wonderful thing called a family. And the life conditioning process begins, and for most people, there's an erosion of this innate wholeness. And it'll be to varying degrees depending on the degree of health or dysfunction in the family. But most of us come from families that have at least a mild form of dysfunction, if not very severe dysfunction. And through this life conditioning process, we lose parts of our innate wholeness, and it's like our, there's like a lid that gets put down on our potential. So that by the time we become adults, we've lost parts that we need to be able to create and live, you know, the life that we have the capability and potential to create. 
And so in the unconscious quest for wholeness, because we are always seeking wholeness, it's actually a law of nature. If you remember in school, the law of homeostasis, we look outside of ourselves to someone else, an S-O-U-L-M-A-T-E, to complete us. And so my premise in this book is about instead of looking outside of yourself to somebody else to complete you or bring you the security or the quality of life or the circumstances or the personal qualities that you'd like to be experiencing in your life, it's becoming the partner you seek and it's doing the work to reclaim that innate wholeness so that you can be happy and fulfilled and secure whether you're on your own or in a relationship. So, Lauren, in social work terms, as we studied it in family therapy and and, uh, was that we're really talking about family of origin issues. You have to first go back to your family of origin and see how you have kind of gotten away from this feeling of wholeness and how that's been kind of chipped away at throughout the years. Because in reading your book, that's what happened to you. Oh, t- tell us your, I mean, you've kind of described, you've described the process, but I want to get personal about it. How sure. does, how does this, because it really comes from your own personal experience. And yeah, it, I mean, that's really my own personal experience, I think, kind of led me to the, you know, on, the, on this journey that ultimately culminated in, in writing this book. Um, and, and it started by about the age of 14, and I was a very lost, unhappy, um, you know, kind of turbulent teenager, and I felt really bad about myself. I felt like I didn't fit in at home and in my family, at school. And by the age of 14, I was so depressed that I was actually suicidal. And uh, instead of, you know, checking out, um, I ran away from home and tried to find happiness outside of myself. I thought, well, if I just went someplace else, life will be okay. And it wasn't. And I had a very tough, you know, period of life, of time for the next 10 years or so and then I got married at 23. I met Prince, Prince Charming, and I rode off into the sunset to what I thought was happily ever after, and it didn't work out. And I found myself, you know, in that same place. It's like I'd always find myself feeling really unhappy, and I'd try to find, fix it from outside, whether it was from my marriage, whether it was from trying to pursue, you know, success professionally or whatever it was. And when my marriage ended, in my, when I was in my mid-30s, I found myself with no money. I had built my life completely upon the life of my husband. Uh, I moved to his country. I worked as a therapist in his practice. Um, I, you know, he took care of all the money. And so when the marriage ended, life as I knew it ended. And I found myself coming back to this country with my two kids alone, you know, two kids to take care of, terrified in a very bad depression. And I realized that I, I had to do something to get myself out of this abyss that I was in. And I was living in a small town that didn't have very many resources, and I realized it really depended on me. I had to find sort of from the inside out, finally. you know. And the divorce really was like the pathway that made me look inside and finally deal with what was going on and why I constantly ended up at this place of uh, emotional devastation in my life. But, Lauren, do you think you have to get to the point of that kind of a crisis, a divorce? Uh, as you say, you, ha- you were divorced. Or even at 14, you see, you were feeling so isolated and alone and depressed. I mean, you were suicidal, which is extreme. I want to take you back a little bit because is there anything that one could do, let's say as parents from the very beginning, to not... Uh, in, in terms of the way you raise your children or the way you take care of your children to prevent this kind of, as you call it, 
emotional dependence on somebody else so that you don't can't really look inside your own soul and be able to accomplish things on your own and not think that you need Prince Charming, for instance, to marry and take care of you and live happily ever after. That's specifically with women. That's four different questions. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I, I think the best place to start is, is, with, is for parents to do their own individual work. And one of the things I talk about in the book is the idea of, of what I call the conditioned self. And this conditioned self is who we become after our family influences, school, religion, culture, all the things that shape who we become and determine what habitual behaviors and core beliefs we're going to, are kind of going to be part of our operating system on autopilot, kind of how we think and behave, you know, without even having to think about it. And most people come into relationship from the conditioned self. They live their life from the conditioned self as opposed to their innate potential and their innate personality traits. Because remember I said at the beginning, you know, what the life conditioning kind of puts a lid on our potential for most people because of the, of the systems they grow up in. All right, in your so, system, you grew up with all, with brothers, right? There were no other, other there were no sisters in your family. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? What happened well, so my, that you got to the point was, of 14 um, and felt, you know, oh, my God, beautiful. you had these feel, feelings of suicide and, and having to leave home, and what got you to that point? Well, you know, I grew up in a family that from the outside looked very, you know, functional and like your typical American successful happy family. But there was a lot going on, and my mother had uh, gotten married and given up her career, and uh, and became a full-time, you know, housewife and, and and mom, as many people did in those in those days, in the you know fifties. Um, and she was very unhappy, and I think she kind of signed up for something that really she wasn't quite really suited for. I don't think it was really in her nature to live the life that she ended up living, and she never sought help, and she. Uh, became very depressed and agoraphobic and and you know she she had an alcohol issue that was never diagnosed or discussed and my father was had not grown up in a family himself he had been um, you know kind of moved around and and kind of had a very uh, disconnected sort of childhood where he was you know living in different places and all that and they really didn't know how to how to meet the needs you know the basic needs that children have and then, and they loved us, and they did the very best they could. But I grew up in a very kind of barren environment where there just people didn't talk to each other. Um, there was just no no interconnectedness, and nobody talked about their feelings. And we wouldn't even talk during, at, at dinner. I mean, it was like the television was on, and we had to be quiet. And I was this very sensitive, intense, deeply feeling artistic person, and I just. I needed these connected, you know, sense of connectedness. And uh, I just felt, you know, my mom lived in her room, and uh, it was really lonely. And my father was always out working, and my two older brothers were kind of out of the house, you know, by the time I was, uh, you know, a young, a young child because they were a lot older. So I think I just felt very isolated. And, of course, a child immediately internalizes the reality that they're not okay, there's something wrong with them. They must be unworthy or bad because nobody's paying any attention, you know. And so I think that, that those were a lot of the drivers at the early age that just didn't work for me. Yeah, and your personality obviously did not fit in this family, no. this disconnected family, or I think you mentioned your brothers weren't people. Obviously, you just said it again, but they, they didn't. They didn't have the need either, it doesn't sound like, to talk, to connect, and here you are, this kind of effervescent or 
that's how you felt. Right, and I took on the role, you know, nobody of, there to kind do of it the, with. the messenger and the rebel of the family. I was always trying to get everything, make everything different, and I would complain and I would, you know, and I would act out because that's what children do when any attempt to try to get attention or love and nurturance any way they can. So I started, I got drunk for the first time. I was 11 years old. I started taking drugs when I was 12, you know, and then I just went on this spiral that, you know, screaming for help, you know, through this behavior that nobody really paid attention to. And finally, you know, I left home at 14. And, um, you know, not, not even understanding that I was unhappy in my family. I just felt unhappy. I didn't understand why because the family, the way it was, was my norm. That's all I knew. I want you to, you know, talk to us about how, because, you know, in listening to your story, um, how did you get to the, you know, you mastered this feeling of aloneness. Obviously, you were able to do this, you were, your whole journey, which, of course, is outlined in the book. That's what we want to get to next because, um, you know, it's really an inspiring and a motivating story for many people, even if it isn't, doesn't, you know, yours is extreme, I would say, in terms of your family of origin issues, uh, but they don't have to be that extreme. They don't have to be, and, and that's something that I think people need to be aware of. Is like we think of family dysfunction as, you know, it has to be sexual abuse, physical abuse, you know, um, those kinds of levels of dysfunction, but it can be very, um, very uh, covert kinds of things where you just, it can be as, as mild as, as you just don't get your basic human needs met in terms of the emotional needs, you know, and that can be, Damaging. I mean, it, we have very basic needs that, if they're not met um, in, during the formative years, affect us throughout our whole lives. Yeah. So we have to be aware of it. I mean, that's the first thing. And, and as you say, if it's not physical abuse or mental abuse or alcoholism or drugs, sometimes we just kind of go along our merry little way and we don't understand. We're not making choices, but we're kind of driven by this all this stuff that got in our way. Um, we have to, we've got to, we have 30 seconds to go, so we're going to take a break right now. Lauren Mackler is author of Soulmate, S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. When we come back, I want to talk about when we master the art of aloneness, how does that transform our life? I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller-Blake on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? 
Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Lauren Beller Blake, my co host. VoiceAmericaVariety.com is what you are listening to this morning. And our guest is Lauren Mackler, author of Soulmate. S- O-L-E, mate, master the art of aloneness and transform your life. Uh, so, Lauren, we were ta- well, we've actually, if you're just joining us, well, if you're just joining us, too bad, but uh, <laughs> you've missed a good show. But, Lauren, anyway, you're talking about uh, giving us your kind of personal journey and how you've been able to master the art of aloneness and transform your life, and then you have the process in the book to tell all of us how to do that. Um, and I think one of the chapters that's been living deliberately versus by default, I think that's such an important kind of a topic that we need to talk that we need to discuss because many of us do live by default you know instead of deliberately making our choices so let's let's kind of get into that sure um, well what I mean by living uh, deliberately means being able to take the time to think about uh, the choices that we make and the consequences or results that those choices um, might have and you know we we haven't learned life planning 101. We haven't learned career planning 101. We haven't learned relationship planning 101. You know, we, we are conditioned to just react to life um, on autopilot instead of being able to say, wait a minute, um, is this really the best choice or is this thought going to uh, create the internal environment that's going to allow me to take this risk and move forward in my life? Is this relationship um, really serving me? Is it... Is this friendship? How do I feel when I'm around this person? Do I want, what do I want in my friendships? What are the qualities of the people I like? What's the work environment that really ignites my, my passion and interest and, and makes me feel like going to work every day? Those kinds of questions and then aligning your choices and your behaviors and your actions that are going to be the most likely to produce those results. 
But Lauren, we are lulled into thinking that we are making choices. I think that we get, and and the word is lulled. Don't you think so, Lauren, Lauren B., uh, that we sometimes feel like we're making those choices and we don't even realize that we're not and that we're, we, we, do you agree with me? That's a very interesting thought. I've never thought of it that way because I'm always hoping um, or believing that we're at choice all the time, but I think it takes being much more aware than we typically are as humans to be sure that they're choices and not um, following blindly. Yeah, exactly, and I I think that's a major problem. Well, in the book, Lauren uh, M. uh, describes, uh, I mean, you really take us through, you know, uncovering your conditioned self. I mean, you take us through the steps uh, so very specifically in terms of what we can do so that we can become that whole person and not have to rely on other people to take care of us or fulfill our emotional needs all the time. So what? let's start, you know, give us, you know, it's relation, you, know you say we don't have the uh, relationship 101, but uh, let's talk about identifying the limiting the beliefs, the fears, and behaviors that really do keep us from feeling whole and happy. Well, to reclaim your wholeness, the first step is you've got to figure out what parts got lost in the first place. So the process that I take readers through is uh, there's actually a series of exercises um, where first I have them uh, write down, uh, they, there's quizzes, and there's questions about the family they grew up in so that they can first determine to what degree their family was healthy, a healthy, constructive family system, and to what degree was there some dysfunction in the family. And once they've done that, then there's another quiz where they identify what their primary role was in their family. And generally, the more dysfunctional a family, the more rigid the roles are because the children unconsciously pick up the unmet needs of the system and they get locked into a role. All right, so, let's put those know, in, in eat, terms that listeners can understand. In other words, we, we sort of come up with these labels, even if we don't even name them, uh, you know, the smart kid, the pretty kid, the dumb kid, the, the troublemaker. Kid, right. It's those kinds of labels that we get in our family of origin, and then we tend to act them out. Right, and then that label or role stays with us. And then the next part of it is to identify what are the core beliefs that you think you internalized as a result of your life conditioning, as a result of the environment, as a result of what people told you or trained you or, or conditioned you to believe about yourself and the world around you. And then the last piece is what are the habitual behaviors that, you know, how do you operate, what's your behavioral style, so that by the time you go through this process, you've got a pretty clear idea of who your conditioned self is and, you know, to what degree is, are those patterns serving you in your adult life? Because the problem is that the conditioned self, the way that we think and behave growing up is perfect for our family. We unconsciously figure out how we have to adapt to function within that family. But our operating system, how we think and how we behave um, based on the family is not necessarily aligned with who we are as adults and what we're trying to achieve in our adult lives. So the process is about updating, you know, our operating system to really reflect who we really are so that we can create the results, create the quality of life, create the experiences that we want to have. I I, I use the analogy of having a map. So the old operating system might be like a map of Maine, and you get in your car and you say, I want to drive to California. And your intention is to go to California, but your map is to take you to Maine, and so you end up in Maine, you know. And you say, wait a minute, I want to go to California. 
So the default operating system is designed to manage your, your life as a kid, not to produce the results you want as an adult. All right, so give us an example. We've talked about you in your life and transforming, but give us another example, uh, other kinds of examples of, sure. of, well, women that you've worked with who have, you know, been in these, you know, we've, these kinds of the situation we're talking about now. Give us some specific okay. examples. So let's say somebody grows up in a family where dad's an alcoholic. And so to adapt to that system and stay as safe, you know, as the person can, they learn to stay under the radar. They walk on eggshells. They keep quiet. They, they isolate themselves in their room. They, they try to be very good and not upset dad because when dad's drinking and gets upset, he gets not, you know, he gets pretty uh, scary. And so that becomes a habitual pattern. And the core belief is, you know, um, if, I, if I express who I am, bad things will happen. Right, or the world's not a safe place, um, or I have to meet other people's needs to get love. And so that becomes the habitual pattern. And so she grows up and she learns to always uh, say what she thinks other people want to hear to stay safe and accept her. Um, she's always trying to be good and please people. And she never gets her own needs met. And she gets taken advantage of. And she's not valued, undercompensated at work, overloaded at work, and she never stands up for herself. Those kinds of things, that's where these patterns are no longer serving her the reliability, but it kept her safe growing up. So she seeks out that kind of a partner or a spouse because that feels comfortable. That's what oh, she yeah, knows, even though it's not it. the, it isn't we, the best we, thing for her. That's right. We unconsciously tend to attract people with whom we can play out the patterns that are familiar to us. We're attracted to the qualities of human qualities that are familiar to us, and we invariably replicate the same dynamics and same results over and over again that are familiar to us from childhood. That's when pretty we're, scary when we're on stuff, because I think most people do not address that. I mean, you've given the example of the alcoholic father, but uh, let's talk about some, as we did in the beginning of the show, some of the situations that are more insidious, you know, what, you know, not um, I actually am working with a client right now. It's obvious. Yep, I'm working with a client right now, a young woman who's 28 years old. This woman is absolutely stunning. She's tall. She's got a beautiful presence, you know, all of that. And she grew up, she was the biggest uh, person in her family. And she was always the biggest kid at school. And her parents were both obsessive about being thin with themselves. And, and with their children. The children were never allowed to ever have dessert. And so she, her conditioning, she's, and she's not even heavy, but she feels and believes that she's heavy. And she is so obsessed constantly about food and about her weight, and she feels so bad about herself because she, that's, that, that was the, the messaging and the conditioning, even though it was very, very covert. Her parents never said, you're getting fat. You know, it was just all the way her parents, what they role modeled in terms of how they related to themselves around food and about weight. And the, you know, the, un- the, the, uh, the non-direct messages like things like, did you see how heavy so-and-so has gotten? And those kinds of things where she has a real, you know, issue with her self-esteem and she's, and she's got issues with food. She's got a food addiction. 
Yeah, and it's not surprising, I think, that this whole issue of food addiction is really, on, percentage-wise, particularly with women, is on the rise in our culture right now, whether it's bulimic or anorexic or pre-anorexic or whatever it is, because all these issues of self-esteem uh, seem to be, uh, I, I don't know, it seems to be proliferating. Uh, well, you know, I was so amazed. I was at a doctor's office last week, and I picked up a copy of People Magazine. I thought, well, I'll have a few minutes of a guilty pleasure and read the People Magazine. <laughs> and I came to a page uh, where, the, where the headline was Body Watch. Okay, Body Watch was the title of this little section. And it had a list of these different females, all female celebrities, and about you know the current status of their weight and bodies. And I thought, first of all, Body Watch was like, wow. And secondly... You know, where are the men? <laughs> it's only it's only women. So, you know, I thought to myself, no wonder. You know, look at the conditioning. In People Magazine, they have a whole section called Body Watch, and it's all women. And, and you know, the latest, you know, how many, who's, who's gained how many pounds, who many, who, who's lost how many pounds. Yeah, it's a setup for us. Yeah. And, and speaking of a setup, we've got about 30 seconds left. Can you come back and join us for a couple minutes after the uh, break? Absolutely. Okay, Lauren Mackler. We're talking to Lauren Mackler, author of Soulmate, S-O-L-E, Mate, Master the Art of Aloneness and Transform Your Life. Uh, she, My co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, Catherine Zox, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm your social worker with the microphone, Catherine Zox, with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, and my guest, Lauren Mackler. And you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com, and good morning. Uh, we have uh, had... Uh, well, we've been having a conversation during the break and uh, decided maybe we should share that with all of you. Don't you think so, ladies? I think so. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because we've been talking about Lauren M., her author of Soulmate, uh, her role in the family. And then during the break, she said, well, what's your role in your family, Catherine, and your role in your family, Lauren, Lauren B.? And I said, well, my role was always kind of, and I put it in quotes because this is uh, the troublemaker, the one who always wanted to bring up issues that nobody wanted to talk about, um, that if I would just kind of put the lid on things, then everything would be okay. And, Lauren, I'm not going to talk for you because I've also been accused of talking too much <laughs> all the time. I guess not I'm still doing me. it. Anyway. I you're, t- you're great, Catherine. <laughs> what was your role in your family? My role, I, well, you see, as I remember it, your points while we were off air was very important, is how I remember it, my role was the, the person that was always do, the perfect angel, the perfect angel kid. And I also was like the second mom to my little sister. And how did she like having angel baby sister being a second mom? <laughs> uh, you have to ask her, but probably, who knows. And what was her role? My sister's role. Mm-hmm. What, how would you define her? If you were the the the, she was the like angel, the, you were the good you were the good sister. Was she the bad sister? No, I mean, when you only have two, it's different than if you have three or four in the family. See, I had three. We only had two, which I think is, it totally changes. Like with three, you really have more defined roles. I think three, two is different. Um, I would say that she was more of like the quote baby, where we everybody was always taking care of her. Yeah, I call that the mascot. Yes. Yeah. And what happens to the mascot? What happens to the goody two-shoes? What happens to the troublemaker? Okay, Lauren, tell us, Lauren M. Well, the mascot, um, they are very often the baby of the family. Um, they might be the clown. You know, they might be incredibly beautiful, incredibly handsome. There's something really special, and they get lots and lots of positive attention. And very often, um, you know, they get away with things that other people don't. The other kids don't, and so they tend to grow up to be more entitled, um, expecting, you know, to be the center of attention, to be taken care of, um, and, and so that's very often some of their challenges that they have to deal with, and not having to play by the rules that other people have to live by. The... Um, so they deserve. They go out and they think at work they deserve, or when they get married exactly. or have a partner, they just deserve it. It's not something that they have to earn in terms of their behavior, but exactly. they deserve what they Yeah, exactly. Like the, the classic okay. tro- trophy wife is a great example, um, you know, or somebody that is just always having to, you know, they, they have to get their way all the time. Um, the What I call the lost child, um, this is the one that um, usually is always, you know, trying to be good, they're people pleasers. They um, they do and say the right thing. Um, you know, they take care of people. Um, they are very agreeable, um, and they very often don't get their needs met. You know, because they make other people's needs more important than their own, or they make the approval of others more important than their own needs. The rebel, um, the rebel can go one of two ways. 
Um, it can either turn into a lifelong, uh, you know, sort of tragedy of, of drug addiction or substance abuse, alcoholism, um, you know, getting in trouble with the law. They just never, you know, they, they get off track and they just never get back on, you know, and they kind of live out this uh, anger and rage in very, you know, destructive ways. Um, or... Uh, which was the case, you know, in, in with me and, and with you, Catherine, because you mentioned that you were also the rebel. Uh, you know, is is that I used that that energy or that that sort of pushing against the status quo to, um, you know, to in a, in a positive way, turned it around in a positive way to actually go out in the world and and you know um, induce change and um, and learn more constructive approaches, you know, to doing it. <laughs> Rather than drinking and drug addiction, right, there are right. other ways to be a rebel. Right, and then it's, the last role, which is which I, you know, the hero, which the four roles are based on, you know, uh, you know, family systems work. Uh, the hero, um, very often, they will grow up to be very successful um, CEOs of companies, and you know, successful in business and that type of thing. Um, you know, a, a great example of a hero would be uh, what's the guy from? You remember the movie Wall Street? Michael yes, I do remember. Yes, yeah. Uh, what's you know, somebody uh, who's very shut down emotionally, um, and but you know, very good at achieving. They can be workaholics. It's all about the pursuit of the money or the title, the prestige. Um, and uh, again, it doesn't mean that you're stuck in your limitations, but these are the classic uh, roles in terms of what the conditioned self looks like in action. All right. So those are the definitions of well, several of the roles we can take in the family, and and. But you're also pointing out that they can lead us into negative behavior, negative relationships, but not necessarily so if we have an understanding of, of that role within our family of origin. Maybe then we can do something about it and make it positive. Right, because the problem with, you know, there's always positive things in every role. For example, somebody who has a habitual pattern of, the, you know, the lost child of being a people pleaser, well, people tend to really like them, you know. <laughs> Uh, but so there's some positives there, but the downside is, you know, that it's at the, the cost very often of their own needs. So it, it's these roles are one-dimensional. That's the problem, and they don't embody all parts of us. And so that's the work is to not be stuck in that one role, but to be able to um, express all of who we are. You know, for example, uh, if somebody's like I work with, a, you know, a lot of heroes come in uh, for coaching. Those are mostly like you know executives and business people, and uh, you know the work uh, when we because I do this work with every single person, even it, with my business coaching. Um, this whole process, which I call illumineering, which is the process that I you know describe that I take people through to identify the conditioned self, and. Um, you know, in the work, a great example of, well, how do you reclaim that lost part? Well, heroes tend to lose their spontaneity, their playfulness, their emotional part, you know, the heart kind of centered part. So I might assign to that client to go sign up for an improv comedy class, for example, so that you're actually doing things that that bring these lost parts into the fold where you're reconnecting to them and, and developing them. And so then once you do that, and that's a great example, I think, because I know so many people, I, when I'm hearing you, and I may be wrong, I, I think a lot of men, and I'm always trying to do these gender differences, I know, which maybe is my issue, but I think that men tend to be in that position, that, you know, the hero, the hero in the family, uh, and the successful one, and then, as you say, losing sight of the fun part of who they are. Um, 
How does that play into, because we're going to, you know, like in terms of your book, in terms of soulmate, in terms of helping them to, what are you saying, master the art of aloneness so that they can incorporate all these good parts into their own psyche and then not be seeking out the missing part in a partner? Well, yeah, and and it's whether and heroes very often are also you know looking for those missing parts through their achievement, you know through through um, always having to succeed, as well as having you know a partner who's very often in the shadows there behind uh, supporting him, you know, um, that's a classic scenario with with the hero, uh, but it's it's whatever the person's role is is identifying what it is and figuring out. Uh, what are you know? What are the liabilities of of living that role, um, that one dimensional part of who they are, and figuring out what parts are missing that could enrich their life, and then what do they need to do? Because that's the action part. The information's lovely, but then it's like, okay, how do I turn this information into action that's going to produce it? Uh, that's actually going to achieve the change that I'm trying to trying to do. And that is a great question that we're going to have to end on. And so I want everyone to know because we have we could talk a lot more about your book and all of it but I want listeners they can go to your website to purchase the book laurenmackler.com yep they can also get it you know at their local bookstore um, you know Barnes and Noble they can get it from Amazon they can get it at hayhouse.com it's you know all over the place terrific soulmate s-o-l-e-m-a-t-e Lauren Mackler thanks for being on the show this morning it was really great talking to you thank you so much uh, yeah voiceamericavariety.com I'm Catherine Zox your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller Blake hope you had a good time this morning have a great week and we'll see you next week We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.